Another episode of Tady's Day Out. I'm your host, Joe Tady. This is the show that delivers a comedic and irreverent review of all the best attractions Seattle has to offer. God damn it, that word attractions. Attractions Seattle has to offer. Seattle has a lot to offer in the way of attractions. I'm attracted to it. I'm attracted to Seattle. Look, I think you knew that. I have a podcast all about it, so if this came as a surprise, uh, I don't know what you were thinking. So this week, very fun episode, my friend Ray, we used to work together, now we don't work together. So this was a great excuse to see him. We went to a Mariners game. They played the White Sox. I grew up loving the White Sox. I have Frank Thomas's autograph, Ray Durham's autograph. That was about, 95 is about the last time I was into baseball. Don't watch it often, barely go to a game, which you can tell by the way I talk about it on the podcast. However, Ray used to be a professional baseball writer, more or less. We get into that in the episode. So he was the perfect guy to take. We had quite a nice evening, despite the fact that we got our butts kicked. Spoilers, we lost 11-1. to I think maybe even more. Uh, Just a reminder, where I'm doing episodes every two weeks now, if you're like, man, where you been? Oh, I've been here, baby. I've been here. I've been banking episodes. I already have the next episode inside a podcast bank. That I started. And remember to tell your friends, your family, everyone about the show. Let them know I'm out here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Lord's work for Seattle. Doing, doing the Lord's work. James Lords. He uh, is the head of tourism for Seattle. Oh, God. So please rate and review on iTunes. Subscribe. All that jazz. And I will see you in two weeks with another very a special episode. Oh, ta, 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 ta. Hey, Richie, there's a couple guys here to see you. Hey, what can I do for you guys? Your name Zisk? Yeah, that's right. Who are you guys? We're uh, from Chicago. Yeah, I noticed your uh, white socks. Uh, what do you want? We understand you're pretty good with a bat. Yeah, I uh, do okay. How about maybe tonight you strike out a few times? You know, maybe uh, pop up. What do you say? Oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I couldn't possibly do that. I'm a mariner. All right. All right. I am here with Ray Slamshocker. Grand Schlambacher. Ray, how do you say your last name? It's a grand salami of a Schwabacher day. It's, it's, it's Schwabacher. It's the Charles way it's spelled. Schwabacher. As in Charles Schwab. Les Schwab. Les Schwab. There you go. <laughs> I always want to call it Shambacher, even though you're one of the most honest people I know. Shambazzler. That's not a sham. Just bamboozling over here. Ray, we went to a Mariners game tonight. 
that was our still it's still going on. That was our day. <laughs> it is still going on. We left early because of how horrible the Mariners were doing. It was bad. Bleak. Yeah, as of right now, Pick an they, adjective about this. They play. They're playing the White Sox. They played the White Sox, depending on when you're listening. Are you listening to this live? How? How are you doing, man? Where are you? Yeah, give, this, give a knock. Why don't you? We'd love to have you in this room. Yeah. We're hey, uh, we're friendly. We don't bite. Don't hack my computer. Don't rant. Don't don't give me that ransomware bullshit. The White Sox are currently beating the Mariners fifteen to one, including they had four runs in the first inning. Before the first out, before we yeah. knew where our seats were. Yeah, the fir- yeah, that's true. The first half of the first inning, were they in... How do, how do there innings were, there work? Were, yeah, there's... The home team bats second in case they want to be heroes late. Let, let's, let's, let's back up. Let's back <laughs> up here. Is uh, that a little too much about the way baseball works before explaining to well, the, I wanna, the listening audience? Well, I want the listeners here, yes, to know yes. why I wanted to do this with you. Um, I don't really... I grew up playing baseball, and I like baseball... I'm from Omaha, Nebraska, which is where they hold the College World Series. So I spent a time, a lot of time as a child going to that, always over the 4th of July, and they would have a big fireworks thing. And one year, the firework, they did it wrong. They set it up wrong, and all the debris started raining on all the people in the field because they let you go down on the field to watch it. And all this smoke started rolling in, and they had to evacuate everyone. And I was five, and it terrified me because like, these like pieces of flaming cardboard kept falling and hitting me in the head. And when all the spectators are just huddled near each other in a cornfield, that's extra dangerous. It's just because it's Nebraska doesn't mean it's in a cornfield. So every day you, you go out into your backyard and you find that there's just like this this diamond in, in the rough, if you will, in the cornfield that's just appeared and then well, you just start swinging the stick around. See, they built it. People came. People came. Ray Liotta came. I know a shitload yeah. about Nebraska, Joe. wasn't wearing a lot me. of shoes. I, I feel like I have always underestimated you. I've even underestimated what you used to do before we worked together. Which is why I wanted you on this episode, and that is, you did sports writing specifically about baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what, who did you do that for? Like, how did that come about? Well, it started out in high school when you read a baseball blog and you really like it and you think, you know, this person who's writing this is so good, I could do exactly what they do, but better. Mm-hmm. And you're so wrong and you do it anyways. <laughs> and so, my, so my friends and I were in the habit of going to games and we would hang out in the bullpen sit around there, yell at the relief pitchers, and we considered ourselves just total asshole 17-year-olds, which is right. We were. And so we started a web... any relief? No, no relief for the relievers. Hey. No bellies were itched on these oh, premises. Oh, God. And so we called ourselves bullpen bullies. We registered a WordPress domain. <laughs> Are you serious? Absolutely. This was our first site, was bullpen bullies. It was myself and a couple friends. And it towed the line between analytically-minded baseball writing or we would just pick a pitcher on a team that we really didn't like, fixate on him, and write fan fiction about him just, like, leaving his family and just being a horrible person. Is that true? This is absolutely true. Is that WordPress still up there? It, I, I can't confirm nor deny. If, I if hope, listeners, if, if I you hope can it's find, findable. Listeners, if you can find that WordPress, please email me at tatiesdayout <laughs> at gmail.com, and I will post it on the Facebook. That's Bullpen Bullies. And uh, it was a uh, Randy Choate, Puddin' Pop, and Daddy was our our public enemy number one. Why? Who's that? He was a semi-anonymous relief pitcher in the late, <laughs> the late aughts. I like that if you're semi-anonymous, <laughs> you're also semi-well-known. Well, it's like, like it's you're, like a glass half-full situation. It's this weird balance because you play the the most obscure revolving door position on a not that visible team, but you're a professional athlete. You're mm. likely a millionaire. 
or something close to it. You make six to six to eight figures a year. Yeah. And most of the people in the world don't know your name. You're one of the wealthiest people possible. Yeah. And you're just invisible to everyone except for this devout group of followers of this baseball team. You can say that about but a because, ton of people, though. But because of the position, you're you're like a bullpen guy. The, these guys, they, they change every year just about it's a new a new best reliever in, in town or whatever. And it's just there's a huge amount of turnover. But we knew the name Randy Choate because we read it on his jersey. Wikipedia his first name and just started yelling about pudding at this guy. And for some reason we went to we had tickets to this group of friends of mine. We're 17 and we're going to all these games, seeing this guy in the bullpen. He he's getting into a lot of games, so he's warming up. And every time that he gets down there, there we are, right place, right time, just screaming our asses off about pudding pops. How many games would you go to every summer? And this is while you're in high school still. Yeah, so even even back in those days I'd try to make it out a, a dozen odd times and Generally up to 20. A I dozen think. odd times? Is that a baker's dozen? Is that 13? You know, that is an odd number. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. God, it is an odd number. It's really So weird, then, man. so you were writing on there and, and someone discovered you? Or you did you, like, start writing freelance? Did you pitch? Hey. Oh. Did you pitch stories to other <laughs> publications? One I didn't day. mean to make that pun, <laughs> but it made me laugh. Oh, God. Get, get that laugh in there, yeah. <laughs> I got an email one day from a fellow named Paul Novak asking if, uh, just basically saying, hey, I read all these posts on your site. You're great. Do you want to write for me? You do because I have thousands of Facebook followers. That's what you want. And he was right. That's what I wanted. So I stopped doing my little site and went to this thing where all of a sudden, I don't know how this guy curated this huge audience. He was just, he lived in Texas, I think, at the time. It was just like, you know, devout Christian father military man, for some reason, just loved Seattle sports teams and had this huge audience. Like thousands and thousands of people just got That's on this awesome. guy's personal website where he, he, he made it look really professional. To his credit, he did a ton of work and he really just found me out of nowhere, sent me an email and got me started. That's awesome. So you and you did that through college then? All through high school and college, just okay. about, I was doing this. And you got at, paid one for point, it? at one point, when I was close to graduating college, I noticed it was the funniest thing. It's like you, you hear these days about people finding out that they got fired because they see it on Twitter, or like yeah. turn on the TV and there's, oh, Trump fires Comey or whatever it is for yeah. that day. This is just how things happen. I get on I get on Twitter and I see him basically just courting this company, just saying, are you guys going to pick up my blog or not? Are you guys going to give me this job? And I'm like, you're my boss. Like, you're my you're my managing God. editor. Like, what the fuck is going on? And it turned out that what was happening was way cooler than I realized. Like, I just saw, I was just like, oh, shit, the only guy who I've ever worked with in this field and respected is leaving. I need to do something about it. Yeah. And so I, I messaged him, and I was just like, hey, it looks like you're up to something. Let me in on it, whatever it is. And what was happening was he was taking over this website that had was part of a series of sports blogs. It was like a network. This was a trend for a few years. You it's start trending. this. You start this website, and then you start 300 websites within your website, and then yeah. you try to get people to care, which is obviously the hard part and why yeah. most of these things don't exist anymore. This one lucked out and got bought by Time Warner right after they picked up our site. Yeah. So we moved our operation over to this major platform, and within a couple months, Paul was out, and he was like, you know what, I, I need to focus on my, my real life. This is insane. I'm in my 40s, and I write about sports on the internet. Yeah. I was in my 20s and did it, and I'm a college writing student at the time. I'm thinking all I want is to somehow turn this 
charade into a career. Right. And so I jumped at the bit, applied for the position, and signed a contract and started getting pennies for my work. Nice. That's awesome, man. That's cool. It's really cool. And I, I so I, I given that I don't know anymore, like I'm just not involved in baseball anymore. I just I wanted to bring a a real heavy hitter Ooh. to the podcast. On a, I wanted to have Slug a day on. out with a real grand slam of a guy. Um, you know, ball four. <laughs> uh, so we went to save a Saturday night uh, Safeco Field game, Mariners versus the White Sox. Started at seven ten. We had pretty good seats in the three thirty section. Gotta love the three thirty. Row ten, seats one and two. If anybody wants to know exactly where we were, they were the cheaper seats that I could find. I really liked them. I thought they were great. It was like behind home plate, but up. You know, not like behind home plate, but up well, a little bit. Technically speaking, is it? There's n- you don't mention elevation there, so it's a claim that. Really I try to never mention elevation <laughs> whenever I whenever. It's just I one of those things I just fucking hate talking about, so I just don't do it. So it takes three strikes, you said. In most instances, yeah. Often three. <laughs> Rarely what, more. You said at this old ball game. At Yielden. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what's your history? Did you ever go to the Kingdom? Because you grew up in Kirkland. Growing up uh, at the uh, the brief period of the Mariners being good and good and fun, the yeah. Ken Griffey years, if you will. Oh, I will. And you will. Yeah. And how? <laughs> and so they would do this thing. Yeah, I went to. I was a Kingdom kid for sure. Started going there all the time when I was sub one years old. And the reason why I would never last is because that was a, that was the home run years for the Mariners. Mm-hmm. And the Kingdom did this great thing because they're an indoor stadium with a full array of fireworks that they'd light off every time there was what? a home run. Fireworks in the stadium, in the dome. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm a baby, and I don't like loud noises to this day. Ask anybody. I hate loud yeah. noises. This isn't true. I'm fine with loud noises. Ah! What was that? And every time they'd hit their first home run of the night, we would leave. We would drive back to Kirkland as soon as the Mariners hit a home run. Absolutely. Because they you were would a, get scared. They were an outstanding offensive team built around the long ball. Every night, you're guaranteed a home run pretty quickly. Yeah. And I don't know why my parents... I was too young to know what was going on. I don't know if it was some, just they were extremely short-sighted and have worse memories than I would like speaking, to acknowledge. Speaking of that era of the Mariners, tonight was Jay Buhner bobblehead night. Jay Buhner bobblehead he, night. He's still being celebrated. Like, the, was that, so, w- was Griffey on, on the team the same time as Buhner and A-Rod? Everybody and who... And Edgar Martinez? These, these guys were all shared a field, yeah. and that's what made it special and relevant, yeah. and that's why it's 2017 and... They're the promotional items. <laughs> yeah, now that Ichiro is left. Yeah. yeah. Well, people never liked him because uh, people here like white people. Yeah. <laughs> Use that if you're comfortable with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Seattle. Uh, my mother made sure to mention in my bar mitzvah speech, in her bar mitzvah speech for me, it's on video. You can't watch it. No one can. I've hidden all the copies. Yeah. That's true. I'm finding it. You are not. I'm calling. I've... I'm calling Mrs. Ray. They've, she doesn't. Wait, know that sounds like she's your wife. Yeah, it sounds sorry. like my wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you feel like you've ever dated your mother, like someone who's just like her? Oh boy, this you is wanna, really this where this episode's going. Got, out. Do you want? Let me tell you about how I'm my mom. Joe. Now, now that I got, now that I've got you in a baseball corner. <laughs> I'm locked. So I see you've locked me in a little room, and you're asking me questions. About oh, my it's mom. very small room. It's very small. Um, I I moved here right like a year or two before they imploded the kingdom, and I remember watching it on TV on Cairo or whatever live and just being odd in awe of it and then we would go to the Pike Place Market 
and there were all these like pieces of stone out there and they're like buy a real piece of the kingdom and I like begged my mom to buy me this $20 piece of cement and she's like that's not that's not the kingdom or you could or you could like, walk a quarter of the mile down the street and just pick one up off the ground because the rubble true. is still there <laughs> and it could have been anything and even if it was the rubble of the kingdom it doesn't look like anything worthwhile just a slab of concrete exactly I'm glad my mom stood up to me. My mom stood up to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't always let your kid win. Your kid isn't always right, and they don't need to always think they're right. That's true, and that's the real message I want to get out today. That's what this is, podcast is all about. <laughs> yeah. Don't buy your kid a slab of broken concrete for $20. This is dumb. Your kid won't learn anything other than mom does whatever I say because I'm small. and. I will say I had a pet rock as a kid. I, I will say that. <laughs> is it did true? You, did, you, did you paint it? No. It... It kind of looked like it had a face, though. I liked that. See, mine was green. Named it Green Day. For the color, <laughs> no, you after didn't. After the color green. Oh, God, you must have been in paradise. Well, welcome. <laughs> so, then they built Safeco Field, which was one of the first times that I learned... Like, when I learned that Safeco... I was like, why'd they name it Safeco? And when I learned that that's a local insurance company, and I learned that... You can name, like, sponsor things like that. When I learned that at 14, it really pissed me off. <laughs> like, that was one of the first times I felt disillusioned <laughs> with society. Just, you went from the kingdom to Safeco Field, this local insurance company. And then I learned that they did that all over the country. And I hate, like, the Staples Center. I was like, oh, that's from the company. It's not just that... We're really into the place is held together by staples or something like that. Yeah, There's no which relevance. is what I thought. There's the glue factory center. That's why they call the glue factory the glue factory. It's where <laughs> the glue comes from. And actually, that's one of the hard things I the things I have a hard time with about sports. It's not the sport itself. It's like, it's the culture surrounding it. And the fact that everything is at the end of the day. Take me out to the ball game. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. This is a multi-trillion dollar industry. Billion. Right. I don't know. I said trillion. Can I say that again? <laughs> it's fine if we pretend it's trillions it feels like trillions the lowest they're allowed to pay a player in the major leagues is $510,000 a year Jesus that's the the minimum it's a it's an enforced rule that's their minimum wage and then when we ask for $15 everyone's like Seattle's crazy get a load of these no one saw me spin my bow tie but I did I can't <laughs> I did. believe and you the, wore a bow tie just for that and one and then I sprayed you in the face with seltzer water it still hurts and then oh, I said we gotta <laughs> get out of here <laughs> Uh, do you feel like you're true to the blue? I absolutely. Or do you prefer Soto Mojo? I've, let's talk know, about slogans. Let's talk slogans. So, true to the blue, I feel like is in no small part a reference to the fact that the team has been bad for 15 years. <laughs> and so it's and like, like, they need to, now that there's no Soto Mojo. Yeah, there is no Mojo. You go, they're losing 4 nothing before like the 10th pitch is thrown and everyone just throws up their hands and says, well, well I'm not leaving. I mean, like, people, you're here for this. Like you're here to watch start to leave at like the fourth <laughs> inning by the droves. It, it like, it started clearing out more hits than yesterday. That's good. Collective groan. They were one hit yesterday and the only hit was a triple and I just learned today that the guy who hit the triple uh, fucked his thumb up when he was sliding into third base and he's going to be out. Oh, God. Your only hit of the day. Fans are dropping like flies. Last night's game was fun because... 
it was such a nice night, though. It was really fun to just sit there and watch our team lose and hang out with you in the open air and have a like watch a really a really beautiful sunset. But um, so you have this true to the blue. And they used to cycle through a slogan every every year. Every year, it's like you wait for the commercials to come out in the spring. They have this great marketing department. They put all this effort into these silly commercials that you remember for years and years afterwards. Mm-hmm. You come up with this slogan, something about like this year. <laughs> Let me tell you, this year is gonna be it's gonna be really something. And one of those years, it just was true to the blue. Everyone's like, "Yep, you're right. I'm bummed." They wear blue. I show up every night. I'm going to stay committed. I don't have any fun. Yeah. And I keep doing this over and over and over again. That, and then they were like, you know what? This is it. And they stuck with that slogan. And it's been years of it. It makes sense because they don't have anything else to build on. So why not just try to keep old fans committed by saying true to the blue. It Not having cable TV and not listening to most radio, I only listen to 90.3 where all the commercials are just about 90.3 KXP, which I think is funny. And not to say I don't watch a lot of TV, it's just, it's all Netflix or Amazon Prime. So I don't ever see any commercials for things like that anymore. And I'm trying to think, do they have baseball team commercials? But I do remember ones from a, as a kid where the Mariner Moose, which is their mascot, kept showing up to people's houses and delivering stuff. And I, I was always, like, really freaked out that the moose was going to show up to my house because I was scared of everything, even as a 12-year-old. Sure. Yeah. He didn't, though, did he? Uh, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I was going to say, because that summer, yeah. everyone in Seattle got that yeah. knock. <laughs> uh, it's the worst summer since the summer of 69. It's the summer of 69. He's not talking about the year. Although 69 is the uh, year that professional baseball did come to Seattle for the first time. That's true. Let's talk about that. So they were known as the Seattle Pilots, and they spent one year here before they were sold to the Mil- to Milwaukee and became the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers, yeah. Well, yeah the way the that, bourbons. Which is how people in Milwaukee say beer when they want it twice. They say, I'd like a beer beer. Burber. A burber. They became the Milwaukee Bourbon Dynasty. <laughs> the bourbon bastards. Constitutional monarchy. <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast Revolutions about the French Revolution, and it's all I think about. So they went to Milwaukee. <laughs> they went to Milwaukee, and Seattle was pissed, and they actually built the kingdom even before we had a team again because they were so sure. Because Major League Baseball was like, we'll get you something. And then they had, what's it called? A franchise... Or like when expansion 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 team where they just decide they want to create more teams is that it? Well, yeah. Well, you you say you know we have all this money and somehow we can spare some of it to let some more people into our little into our club. Mm-hmm. Long term growth, of course. You eye that. Has there always been an American League and a North League? National team? League. National Since League. Since the North I think it's the National League in like the eighteen seventies, the American League in the early nineteen hundreds. Their rivals for a very short time. Start doing this whole World Series song and dance. And then it only became incorporated as one giant company in like the 90s. No The 1990s. They were separate legal entities. Oh, okay. Although they always, you know, they played the All-Star Game, the World Series to determine the champion, blah, 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 for 100 years. Why is it called the World Series? Real question. Because aren't we the only... As a means of delegitimizing the Chinese. 
<laughs> it's always about the goddamn Chinese. No, I'm just kidding. It's the Japanese. Yeah, I was gonna say the Japanese <laughs> and the are... Koreans. I was gonna say the Chinese play basketball. <laughs> oh god. They don't have baseball league. They don't. Uh, uh, is that true? It's How nothing. much do you know about China? Very little. Me too. Quite, quite nothing. If you want to know more about China, please listen to the Pacific Science Center episode where I went and saw a bunch of terracotta warriors with my sister. Plug for my own show, just like 90.3 KXP, The Rock. Where the rock matters. Where the <laughs> Do you smell the rock is KXP? There was, the wave's going around. The wave is going around. It's coming back. Nope, it's happening just randomly throughout the stadium. I don't think I've ever seen the stadium care less about the wave. This is a good sign. This is good. Uh, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been a part of a real substantial committed wave. As in, Except for when I'm waving bye to my dad when he left for the last time. I never saw him again. Just kidding. My, oh, dad, no, just my dad. As a writer, what was your most read and lauded article? So the first time I went camping after accepting a lead editor job i quit immediately the first time i went on a camping trip and didn't have to because you're not a lead editor editor you're more of a rhythm editor more of much more of the rhythm yeah. yeah and so you get out in the woods without anything around you you say i have to quit my job looking at a computer screen immediately which i did mm-hmm. and then after a couple months i was like you know what i'm i still have some things to say about baseball so for a couple months there i had my little indie solo project pitching to the score i i feel like we worked together when that was happening. This was, con- yeah, this was, so, yeah, the whole, most of this took place while I was working a real job so I could actually pay the bills, because <laughs> you think that you make money writing about sports on the internet, <laughs> but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you get nothing. It's pay-per-click. All these websites, they pay you for the people you can click. If you don't like sensationalist headlines, you aren't going to get any money. If you like sensationalist headlines, you suck, and you're still not going to get very much money. <laughs> <laughs> you're a because bad there's, taste there's also just so hard. much stuff out there there's yeah, so much content you're you're not invisible to yourself or to your parents but other than that you have to kick and scream and if you don't like kicking and screaming for attention there's just not really a way to do this oh, viably yeah I, I fully understand just you from to really, a podcast perspective people who are self-promotional shit sacks who just don't care about being anything but loud are the ones who will thrive doing this which is yeah. unfortunate I'm I'm but I'm it also both, makes sense. It should I'm be both that loud way, and self-conscious. So, yeah. So I, it's like depends on the it's day. A precarious position you put yourself yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by being born I'm, this way. <laughs> some days I'm that person, and some days I'm the other one. After I started the site all on my own, I just decided I'm not going to have anyone else do this with me. I'm just going to have this be my little thing. I'm just going to channel myself all right whenever I feel like it. Turns out I wrote a couple dozen posts in a, in a month and a half and never did it again. Yeah. But there was this one that was just kind of an oft-requested subject that I never wanted to write about when I had like a company looking over my shoulder, but it's just kind of like the step-by-step. How do you, how do you combat the high alcohol prices at Safeco field? The answer is obvious. You just bring it in, in your pocket and then you <laughs> yeah, get a free soda. How many, it's you like fill a your pockets with booze. Are you, are you tired or paying high prices? Bring it in in your pocket. Yeah. Now tell the, tell the people how Ray. Well, you don't want a metal flask. They have metal detectors. Yeah. 9-11. They don't need check your pockets, more. right? If you if you give them a good reason, like if you're staring at them and you're mouthing, just like, don't, don't ask me what's in my pockets. And you alcohol. did kept saying that, but you, that's just because you hadn't been touched in two yeah, years. Yeah, you got it. Really, yeah. the first time sets it off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're never the same after that. You purposely bring in metal, and then you just say, now you have to frisk me. You gotta. Yeah, you you have a really breathy voice. You're like the John Mayer of my friend group. <laughs> All I hear is the nose. You got a sweet nose, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as, like, a tourist attraction, as a day out thing with your family, like, how do you... It, it's a, I, I find it really fun. If you love baseball, obviously, it's really fun. It's just so fucking expensive. It's like, I know it's the cheapest of the sports things, but for me, all the whole the whole situation, even even the, what are the cheap seats run normally? Like 16? 16 bucks. Yeah. Times yeah. four. It's already out of hand. Yeah. If you're trying to take your family and stuff, but it's also like a nice splurge. I mean, you're it's, not spending a lot on alcohol because you brought your flask, your plastic flask, and you got boom. your drunk driver I'm lie more, of the year. I would rather learn how to get snacks in. You can bring all outside food in for free. Are you serious? That's, like, the whole point. Like, in a bag? Yeah, and no one does. No one does what? it. What? You could sit at home and just microwave a whole bag of hot dogs, fill your jacket pockets with them, and that's okay. They'll let you in. They'll say you smell like microwave can they old s- hot dog. Wait, but can they see you having the food on you? Absolutely. You can just walk right in there with the, a fistful of microwaved hot dogs, and they'll just say that was tactful and disgusting, but tactful. And that's permissible, but it's the that's beverages. That's most of my life. It's the, it's the beverages that really. Yeah, well, such they make, a, that's where they make their money. And I don't think this is this is ob, like I don't think this is not obvious. This whole thing. And so when it was just like when I, I wrote this thing, and it was basically just because people wanted to hear it said out, not out loud. You don't write out loud. I hate when people say that, and I just fucking said it. Shout it, shout it. When people shout it yeah. out loud. Was I off key? No. Oh, okay. It's sung in the key of life. <laughs> You're nailing it. Gross. <laughs> yeah. But enough about word vomit. So this thing just, I, I wrote it and I just didn't think that this was anything that anyone couldn't figure out just by thinking about it for five seconds. It's just, you bring the booze in on your own and you sneak it in instead of saying, I have some booze, and then you get to have booze there. It's like they say you can't, but if you do, then you did, and then you can because you did. And then the really, the big revelatory information is there's a booth that gives out free pop well, and, what? Like, soda. Oh, thank you. Some Midwest relatives. I, I said pop when I moved here from Nebraska. And Did I they was beat like, it out of you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I like it. Just I, like the song Aneurysm. They, they, I, you don't hear it in your head. Oh, you're, so it's Nebraska versus Minnesota there. I hear it in my head as pap, and I'm just like, that sounds fun to say. No, I gotta pop. say it like that. Pop. Soda pap. Talk about soda music. All right, I vote yes on Safeco, even with the money things. I'm kind of a cheap bastard. But I had a really good time. It was a great day out, and it's kind of quintessential, kind of, quintessential Seattle. Hey, I'll drink to that. Hey, cheers. <laughs> if, All right. If there were. Well, listeners, this is me with Ray Schlamadon on her. Ew. All right, let's, 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 all right, let's, all right, back to back to square one. We're gonna delete all we got and just start over. All right, listeners, thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about baseball. Uh, email me or comment on my page with your favorite baseball movie, and if it's not The Natural, starring Robert Redford, I don't want to fucking hear it. All right, you go out there, you make it a great day, and play ball.